South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports teams from south of the Canadian border. Here's your host, Adam Corsair. There is not a chicken wing in the world that I would leave that bubble for. Not in the world. Welcome to the South of the Six podcast. We are part of the stadium scene.tv network. And yeah, you know, look, chicken wings are great. If you love the flats, you're a psychopath. But right now, the NBA is underway, and we can't be jeopardizing that for chicken wings. But we got a whole lot to talk about, and joining me to do so, of course, Mr. Connor Chambers of Toronto Sports Views. My friend, how are you? Oh, it's been a while. Basketball <laughs> is back. And yeah, if you like flats, you're just, you're, you're on another planet. You're a fucking like, get psychopath. Out you, you're legitimately a psychopath. It's done for you. Like, you gotta, you gotta be drums. It's gotta be. It's, it's the easiest one to eat. And look, I don't need to be like breaking apart my food just to get the meat. I just, I just want it. Just give me Back. whatevs. I, I guess Tim and Sid made that a whole thing on Twitter. And I guess Twitter exploded. Yes. Sid had the most awful take in the world by saying, if you're not a flats guy, you're like not a guy. And I'm like, listen, what? guy, listen, guy, like that is the worst take. Don't ever come at me with that. No, thank you. Like, I, I don't want to hear it. That's slanderous. That's brutal. Dumb. Well, uh, today's the day we are recording this Thursday, July 30th, and the NBA's here. And look. We're going to break down everything, bubble life. We're going to break down everything, um, how the NBA is being successful. And, of course, we're going to talk about the Toronto Raptors. But I'd be remiss if I did not say that, you know, I'm not above admitting when I'm wrong about things. And I walked into the bubble very apprehensive. I did not have faith. And it was mostly because of Florida being a shit show, and it still is. But, uh... The NBA is handling this amazingly uh, with zero positive tests to date as of this recording right now, again, Thursday evening. Um, I feel good. I, I don't know how you feel about it, but uh, if, if it goes as it is right now and according to plan, uh, I'll gladly admit I'm wrong, man. I, I have no shame in doing that. Uh, there's not much better than zero, is there? <laughs> <laughs> there's, yeah, I don't think you can get much better than that. I mean if you're looking at it from a it, like zero can be a bad number in a lot of circumstances like mm. especially if you have zero dollars in your bank no, no or money, it yeah. could be great yeah. <laughs> and in this case it is the best number to be at um you have to give kudos to adam silver and the uh in the league office they did a fantastic job um with creating this bubble i think the mlb could have learned a thing or two mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh with uh, and and they, you and i i think both agree that that uh season will eventually whether it's like soon or not is going to not conclude 60 games. Yeah. It's uh, toast. It's, it's got, it has to be like, mm. I it started to creep into the Phillies and, but you know, the Marlins are stupid. I know this is a basketball pod, but you know, the Marlins are stupid. <laughs> like, yes. They are, they are dumb. They are dumb players. Like they actually, you, you know what? They deserve it. They deserve it. They went to a strip club. Uh, they deserve COVID. I'm sorry. You're going to go there during a pandemic. There's a lot of like greasy people there. Oh, what yeah. do you expect? Yeah. You're going to get it. So James Harden probably hasn't even gone to a strip club. And we're out here. The Marlins are doing it. If James Harden's not doing it, man, like, you don't have any excuse. So, Yo, let's jump right into that then. Uh, let's talk about Lou Williams. Huh? I yeah. Mean, uh, I'm going to pour I'm going to pour a glass of 
Yeah, Last yeah. line All here. Right, yeah, that's fine. I that's... changed. I changed it up on the bass on the baseball podcast. And what is this? Is this barefoot? The, no, this is um, this is an Italian Pinot Grigio. Sure. I know you're kind of looking yeah, sure. at it. It yeah. is. Uh, I'm 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 kind of a wine guy. I, I like. I appreciate my wines. Uh, sure. This is a very good white wine. Uh, right. Gabbiano. You buy it at the LCBO for people that are in Ontario. I'm not sponsored by them. Uh, I wouldn't mind yet. a sponsorship by them yeah. <laughs> yet. Um, but Gabbiano Pinot Grigio, you can look it up on uh, LCBO. Twelve ninety five a bottle. It's actually pretty good for for go. Canadian prices here. It is it is very good. So there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, look, I don't know the the exact details about Lou Williams. Um, right. And obviously, there's some lifeblood as a former Raptor there. So this sort of you know blends into everything we're going to talk about. Yep. But I guess there's this what is this Magic City. Right, and they're notorious. There's a strip club in particular that's in yeah. that's notorious for their chicken wings. Um, and he had he was excused for something, from my understanding at least on the surface, family related. And then he went out and got caught in Magic City. I guess there was a photo or two floating around. Um, yeah. not the best look, but it's not like he's denying it. He's kind of owning it silently. Um, if there was a huge denial, I'd be like, come on, man, we know you. And I think he yeah. knows that. Um, I mean, it's funny, but it's also kind of frustrating that, yo, man, you could have legitimately jeopardized this entire thing for some oh, goddamn sure. chicken wings. Oh, sure. I mean, but look, those chicken wings look nice. So yeah, they, they, were, they were looking pretty juicy, especially those drums. <laughs> <laughs> those drums were looking nice, but, um, yeah, I in the grand scheme of things, like yeah, if he brings that in, doesn't tell anyone he goes there, unless just say like nobody knows, and he comes back in and brings in COVID, and um, and then you know it's it's a couple other people, and then it spreads, and they don't know, then that yeah, they're they're in trouble. But um, I, I mean, kudos to him for kind of owning it. Like yeah, it was a mistake, but at least he's like yeah, bring on the memes, whatever, have have fun with it, and that's the best you can do in that situation. It's kind of a bonehead move, but. Um, you know, there's people that are saying to him like, oh, you're costing your teams. You got to sit out like the first two seating games or something like that. And I'm like, look, it doesn't. Does, does that. Right? No, like, no, if, if it's playoff games then it's like, OK, that's different. But seating games, are they really that? And I know we're going to get into this. It's a little prelude. Are they really that important? Right. Are they really that important? Well, I, we'll answer that from the Raptors perspective. I know that. But um I don't, I don't know if it's not important for the Clippers anyways, so they're probably just like, yeah, whatever, okay. Um, do what you need to do. Uh, get get better, get clear, get get uh, make sure that you're good to go, and then uh, we're fine. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if anything, maybe Kawhi was like, bro, come on. Like, we can't, we can't be, yeah. be doing this nonsense. Or maybe Doc. Don't, you know? don't, don't, do, don't do that, man. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. A stern <laughs> on, talking, man. right? Yeah, um, yeah. But look, that it is kind of, uh, I don't want to say telling, but I am glad that the NBA is withholding their end of the bargain and punishing players as a result of doing something kind of reckless, let's be honest, um, especially given the area that they're in, um, in Florida. So uh, knock on desk that everything turned out okay. And I, I know, as like, again, as of this recording, there, is, there are zero positive tests. But we know the nature of this virus is that it can creep up later. So um, the chances of that hopefully are low. I think, you know, the NBA is being very uh, rigorous with their testing. So hopefully that continues. But 
I couldn't I couldn't start this podcast without talking about Lou Williams because this has been the highlight of the week apparently. It's it's been it's been the it's been meme central. I've loved it. Yeah. Um I mean obviously not a great look for him like we've said but like you can't you can't hate that. You can't, uh, look, it's a guy goes for some bomb ass chicken wings. Like at first I'm like, dude, you're just going you're going to a strip club for chicken wings. Like what are you doing? And then I saw them and I was kind of like, "Oh, <laughs> Ooh, I kind of get it now. Yeah. <laughs> they they look they look in they look in thick like those those wings looking thick. So not bad. I mean uh, I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have personally done it, but you know I get why he did it. I see. Yeah, it's what is. Um, all right. So we have a whole lot to talk about today, as we've been mentioning. By the time you guys listen to this, it will be uh, in your feeds Friday morning. So the Raptors are just one day away from playing their, uh, I, I don't want to say first NBA game, but I guess first bubble life NBA yes. game. Um, so like I said, the positive news here is that zero zero positive cases. And I'm optimistic now that this will continue to be the case, especially given as we've mentioned the protocols, how uh, things are going are being handled. If the virus isn't there to begin with, um, kind of hard for it to spread obviously but um i don't i still don't know the state of the the members that are like working in the hotel the uh the security team i don't know what their status is in terms of they tested every day maybe they are i don't know um but i'm gonna give the nba the benefit of the doubt look i said it at the top i i'm not above admitting i was wrong and maybe i was worrying about nothing and maybe uh, the the better thinkers out there that are telling me to chill are, are correct, and that's fine. I'll own that. I'll take that L gladly all day. Um, are you henceforth optimistic that this will conclude as planned? Because the difference between this and, say, baseball, um, the longer this goes, the safer it is because teams are going to be eliminated. So the longer this goes... Mm-hmm the less amount of people the fewer amount of people rather there will be so i Mm -hmm. I guess that's cause for optimism how do you feel about it yeah um i agree i don't think there's any reason to be pessimistic look like the nba has done a fantastic job here as as i've already mentioned but you're looking at and you got to be right like the mb the uh the hotel staff right those type of people that we don't aren't affiliated with an NBA team. It's like, okay, if they're in the bubble, what's the process with them? I'm, we're still a little unclear on that. Uh, and that could get a little dicey in terms of bringing in COVID. Um, I have no doubt that if a COVID case is brought in, I don't think it's going to come from a player or staff member. I just think that at this point, that barrier and that time gap has already been set. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't think that it's going to creep in that way. So I think it would have to come in from an outside source like that. So that's the only thing that I kind of look at and I'm like, eh, a little hesitant on, but for the most part, I mean, I was, I was pretty optimistic about it. I said, look, it's a bubble. If the NBA can establish it correctly and quarantine the guys that they need to, it's a lot better of a situation than the MLB. I was, I was never optimistic about the MLB. I, I, I think it's doomed to, to fail from the start. Um, and when you're looking at the the NBA and then subsequently the NHL when they have their bubbles, they have two hub cities. Um, it's you look at it and you go, yeah, it's a hotbed, but if you create an island, like you can create an island around a hotbed, and if nobody's coming in and out of the island, there's going to be no cases. So um, 
I, th- I think that they've done a good job of making this quote unquote island and just separating mm-hmm. themselves from a massively hotbed in Florida with all the crazies in Florida. <laughs> and then, uh, and, 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 you know, it's they like I said, I, I can't give them enough credit. I think that they've done a great job in bringing basketball back in a safe manner, protecting everyone. Everyone's health is put first mm. uh, and foremost here. And that's, what's really important. We always go back to that. The health and safety of the players is what's uh, most important. So, um, look, Good job. Kudos. I'm not worried. I, I, I'm very optimistic that we will have a conclusion to them to this NBA season. For me, it's it's another step in the direction that will put the NBA, assuming this is going to go uh, flawlessly, which, again, we have reason to believe that it will. This puts the NBA head and shoulders above all other leagues. Really, it does. Yes. And it's specifically the way it's it's run by Adam Silver. Um, I know there are a little bit of criticisms out there when it comes to him and his his style of being a commissioner. Um, to me, it's not even close compared to Goodell or Manfred, and I don't even know the NHL guy. Sorry, bro. Batman. Uh, there you go. Gary. <laughs> right? okay. Gary. Gary. Yeah. yeah, see, there you go. You there got you a little go. bit there. It rings a bell. Um, <laughs> I, he's the best out of all of them, right? And By far. The fact that he took the ball initially when this happened, when this whole, you know, situation happened in March saying, you know, taking the ball and running with it and being the first league to shut down after one case, right? Mm -hmm. Just one case. He's like, no, we're done. Um, and then being the kind of the leader, I guess, in the sports realm to say, okay, let's do this in a responsible, safe way. Um, against all odds in Florida, uh, let, let's make this happen. We'll, we'll work rigorously to make this a thing and make this successful. You mm-hmm. got to give it to them. So for me, this is another example of what separates the NBA from the pack, right? You have a, a commissioner in the MLB and Manfred who fucking hates baseball for some reason and does not care. Um, I, I guess Batman's doing uh, the proper thing with the two hub cities. It's not that dissimilar from the NBA other than mm-hmm. an additional bubble. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Goodell is probably going to ride this on the seat of his pants, bro, because I, I don't know what he's going to do when it comes to travel. You can't necessarily bubble an NFL team or teams. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So this is, again, making the NBA ridiculously head and shoulders at the cream of the top man like they are the best run organization in sports today by far yeah yeah there's no doubt you you can't you can't argue it like especially after seeing the execution that they've done here um like you said against all odds fantastic adam silver has just been one of the most innovative commissioners and we've seen that as a prime example here he's he's always innovating he's always looking to push the game forward um i think he gets that a lot from david stern which i I give david stern a lot of credit for and sort of like pioneering this and kind of pushing it forward and adam silver just sat there and and you know was the mentee for uh, a lot of years under the mentor of of, uh david stern Mm -hmm. and um it's really nice to see that sort of continue to grow. Rob Manfred is a clown. Pass it on. Guy sucks. Um, and uh, Roger Goodell is is also a clown, too. But um, at least, you know, he he's trying to. Yeah. I mean, like, well, we know Buffalo Bills, a fifth of the rookies got COVID. And they yes. got sent home. Yes. So uh, that's not great. Um, and the NHL has actually I'm, I'm not a fan of Gary Bettman, but. I think he has done a good job and the league has done a good job in, in saying, okay, there's going to be a West and the East conference finals. Hmm. We'll pick two hub cities, one in the East, one in the West. 
and they picked them both in Canada because U.S. was too much of a hotbed. And they were initially going to go like Vegas. maybe at, like Vegas and Toronto or like Edmonton and like Florida, like like Tampa or something like okay. that and kind of have like one Canadian, one U.S. city. And it was and Vegas was sort of the one that was supposed to be pegged. And they just said, no, like we can't we can't bring you here. It's too hot. It's too hot of a um, of a state to have you in. And we can't we can't tell our players to go here when COVID numbers are through the roof. So they were responsible and they put the player safety first. So I commend them for that. Uh, so, I mean, given the COVID situation, like Adam Silver is head and shoulders above everyone else. Then you got Gary Bettman, then Roger Goodell, simply because he hasn't done anything. But the NFL has contributed to COVID a lot. Like they've actually been very publicly committing to COVID relief and, and, and COVID funds and all this stuff. And then you have Rob Manfred yeah. who just, who, who seems to want, like he is, he's sent from like the NFL or something to absolutely obliterate and tear down the MLB. So yeah. whatever, good for him. He's doing his job. If that's what his job is. Cause he's, he sucks at his actual job. This, yeah. guy's, this guy sucks. This guy sucks. <laughs> it makes Trash. me wonder. That's almost Nixian of a reaction for you. Um, <laughs> yes. It makes me Very. wonder if this is going to carry over for the the American public, especially the casual fans, right? Because, you know, right now is the first time that I can remember in, in this point in the summer that I have to really pick and choose what I'm watching when I watch it. There's going to be an inevitable conflict of Jays and Raptors games at the same time. And if anybody doesn't know this, I don't know how you wouldn't. Uh, I am a, a diehard Jays fan at the same time as the Raptors. So having to pick and choose them at the same time, I usually have to worry about that only for until maybe June, depending on how yeah. far the Raptors get. And, you know, besides last year, it maybe lasts until May. Um, right. But uh, when, LeBron, when LeBron rolled into town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, bad memories, bro. But yeah. <laughs> now it's sort of, okay, there's so much going on. It's becoming sort of a clusterfuck of, of opportunities and options that I have to really pick and choose. And it's gotten to the point where, you know, MLB has been so irresponsible. It's not that I'm not going to, you know, support them or represent the Toronto Blue Jays in some fashion. Um, yeah, I, I will. I'll still watch as many games as possible. But it's gotten to the point where, no, I'm going to prioritize the Raptors, not just because of the the favorable uh, position in, in, for the postseason, assuming they, they stay there, as we'll get to. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it's just a, a better and sort of safer product. And I kind of want to support organizations that look out for their people. And it seems yeah. that Adam Silver, you know, again, he might have ulterior, ulterior motives when it comes to making money, and as he should, it's the business. But he's at least convinced me, and it could be one giant lie, he's convinced me that the players are the priority. And that might not be sure. true. You know, the money for him might, and, and it probably is the money, the priority for him, let's be honest. But at right. least he makes me believe that he at least cares about his players a little. It's in fact right. a lot. Whereas Manfred, not at all. So no. I, 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 I'm inclined to give the, the benefit of the doubt to the NBA and just not to anybody else. Yeah. And I mean, if, if you're me, you have Raptors, Leafs, and Jays. <laughs> So this sucks. So I have <laughs> like, Raptors, Jays, and Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So throw Netflix and Leafs. They'll be they'll be here and here for us. Okay. Yeah. I know no one in the audience or no one no one listeners can see me, but um, yeah. I, I'm. It's gonna be Raptors first. Leafs second. They'll be like one A one B. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't like. 
if they're playing on the same day, I'll dual screen it. I'll figure sure, it away yeah. because I'm going to or I'll just flip back and forth. And it also depends on like the magnitude of the games. I know when it was like Leafs and Raptors before and sometimes they play on the same day. I have this every playoff season. If they play on the same day or whatever. I prioritize the team that had like the more important game. Hmm. And they go on the main screen. Right. So if, if the Leafs were in a, a elimination game or like a game seven or whatever and the Raptors were on like game two. I'm, put, I'm putting the leaves on main screen. Um, saying that, though, uh, I, I'm not going to complain. Look, I've been without sports for, for five fucking months now. I am just so glad. I was getting into Formula One racing. That's when I knew <laughs> I like I'd lost it. I'm like, Sebastian Vettel sucks. He's off Ferrari now. Like He's going to be off Ferrari. And like, Lewis Hamilton's the best racer. Bro, I don't I didn't even know who these guys' names were like three months ago. And I'm like... When's the next race? I'm up Saturdays at, at 9 a.m. hungover, watch, sitting there on my couch like this watching <laughs> Formula One, man. it's it, That's that's when I knew I hit rock bottom. So I am so glad to actually talk normal sports again. It's fantastic. there we've had a couple of um preseason games to devour um three to yes. be exact and look there maybe this is i don't know twitter culture or just internet culture that has taken over me um when i hear changes into something uh, well changes when it comes to something that i'm super used to and yeah. it's almost formulaic how i approach it once i know there's going to be a dramatic shift to that my first reaction is somewhat negative. It's right. it's more like don't mess with what is just perfect the way it is. Um, right. So I did walk into these games, these preseason games, and how the NBA was going to film the bubble without, well, bubble games without fans uh, with not much optimism. I just didn't know how they're going to, to make this work. Right. Um, this is a game that, you know, relies heavily. No, I wouldn't say heavily, but they do. The, the crowd does have... A component a necessary component in you know success for teams um right. but then i'm watching these preseason games and i'm thinking to myself it's not that bad it really no. isn't that bad it's kind of like i'm watching a video game and there's something very intimate about watching players play in this sort of element because it's almost more they're more personable right now mm -hmm. or maybe i'm just noticing things that i didn't notice before and i can hear them more um, I think the NBA is doing a great job. The camera angles are sick. The fact that they have the changing logos here and there, depending on, I guess, the quarter or the possession. I don't know how it's yeah. working, but it's weird. Um, you have the familiar sound bites, and they're sort of getting rid of some and bringing others in. You have, like, a yeah. little lull cheer. Um, I like it a lot, and I think it's working. I love the bench. I think that's sick. Yeah, I love the video boards and the bench. I think it's dope. Um so I kind of want to get your thoughts. What is there anything that you think they can work on, or is you are you hooked right now the way it is? Again, I this is knowing how much you've missed sports. So yeah, yeah, like you could you could have an overhead like filming them like like absolutely <laughs> directly overhead, and I wouldn't even care. I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is great. Put it, put all of it in, put inject it in my veins because yeah. I need it. No, I, I don't know if you saw it, but they had this camera angle. Um, it was OKC Thunder against the Celtics, and they had Chris Paul yes. inbounding the ball on Jason Tatum. It was a dope pass. And that, 
and that was it was a sick pass and a sick camera angle like the the whole cinematography of that and then they 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 brought the camera they panned it a little bit outside the three-point line i think i think it was shade that i grabbed the ball and dunked it um off the three-point line dribbled it and dunked it and just the whole cinematic sequence and the actual like high definition of the camera too it legitimately felt like you were courtside Mm. and i think this is why you're starting to get that um what was the word that you used you're starting to develop this like personal connection yeah Um, yeah yeah yeah. it's it's a lot more personable because i think it you feel like you are legitimately sitting there um you you'll still have your broadcast camera angles and stuff like that but there are times when you're watching the game where you see that and you're like whoa, this is cool. And I know the NBA talked about that coming in. Adam Silver was like, you're going to see camera angles that you've never seen before. And it's easy for them to do because they have this blank slate. And it's like, okay, we can, we've always wanted to try this camera angle. We've never been able to retrofit it in like X, Y, and Z arena. So let's try it here. We, we have this. So let's try it, see how it runs. It's like, it's like a pilot project to them too, because if people really like something, they can just say to the arenas, look, we were putting this in, let's retrofit it. Um, and, and make it a thing uh, for, for all broadcasts. Uh, I, I really like it. I like, I like what they're doing so far. Um, I think that there, there's only like a couple of angles that I think are a little too low, and mm. I'd like to see just a little bit higher. I think that they'll figure that out, because sometimes I don't want to be like too low and, 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 and not see the full like view. Like I find if there's a player that's kind of there and they're blocking it, it's kind of like, okay, well, where's this player situated? Where are they standing? Mm. It's kind of harder to see that. Um, that's the only knock I have on it, but it's like incredibly minor. Like the rest of it is just so good. Um, the way that they're doing it is, is, is wonderful. And I kind of like the, you know, the digital fans that they have like in their cheering. I think that's cool. Like you said, the bench is wicked. Serge Ibaka yeah. is using that to perfection. Yeah. Man's out there riding that bench. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. I love it. Hype man of the year. Early, early candidate for hype man of the year. Serge Ibaka in the bubble hype bubble man of the year. He's, he's going to win that. Yeah, he can be cooking in and hyping up. Be my guest, my man. You got this. But you got Marcus Hall when there's a hype situation, just sitting still. Like, it makes me wonder oh, yeah. if he was, like, super zened out during this pandemic. And as a result, he he just, he reflected on his body and said, I could I could use a couple of uh, less pounds on my body. You know, I'm going to go full yoga. And he just became this Zen master, which, fine, as long as he still destroys the uh, Embiid if we see him. I know he's kind of hurt right now, but um, I like it. I, I think the the first game um, was against the Rockets. Yeah. It was sort of traditional with the with the overhead. There wasn't really a lot of experimentation when it came to the camera angles that I noticed. It seemed sort of par for the course. I love how Matt and Jack they they did not miss a beat. They no, they didn't awkward at all. It, they filled in the gaps just fine, and they have such good chemistry as it is that I had no doubt that this wouldn't be an issue. I sort of just anticipated that I'm picking up where I left off with these two. Right. Um, I I think it's it's great, and I don't know that we've seen everything quite yet. I do believe that. When it comes to how they're going to broadcast games, like actual games that matter, specifically in maybe the playoffs, um, we might see different types of angles. We might see different types of interactions or something virtual. I don't know, but I don't think they push all their chips in for the for these uh, scrimmage games. No, it's it's the same thing as like if you're coaching a team, right? Why would Nick Nurse show all of his mm. schemes in the preseason or in the regular season? No, he's going to save 
he's going to save that janky box in one for when it matters. You know, like he's he's not he's not going to throw that out until he needs to. And I think that it's going to be a good way to grip in fans. I think that they'll slowly start to bring in stuff and it's going to be on, you know, on, on Bleacher Report and it's going to be on SportsCenter and, and, and all these uh, social media sites where it's like, oh, check out this sick angle of this play. And, and then fans are kind of, going, oh, this is cool. And then they start tuning in and then they see more and more and more. It's, you know, the NBA is it's one of the smartest businesses in the world. They know exactly what to do, when to do and how to do. Right. That's that is how they operate. Um, they operate a lot of things incredibly well. Hmm. Uh, it, it it takes a lot to go from one of like like a dying uh, sports France, dying sports organization to the most thriving one. Hmm. Their power is unmatched. Like they essentially shut down the world when when COVID hit Rudy Gobert. They're like, we're shutting down. Then the entire world's like, oh, my God. OK, we're shutting down, too. OK, <laughs> that <laughs> well, means we we'll have do. to. <laughs> yeah, yeah Adam, Adam, we got it. OK, we're shutting yeah. down. OK, yeah, it's like, it's like. so, you know, um, they haven't they have immense power and they know how to use it. And I think that their their ability to grip fans and their ability to experiment and do things, it's it's a science for them. And I think they have a down pat. Assuming next season fans are allowed in. How much of this do you think is going to carry over when you can have the fans in attendance? Um, I'm not sure how they're going to be able to utilize these camera angles, given the fact that people are going to be in seats. I don't know how much real estate this sort of takes up. I assume a lot, and that's why they have these liberties to be able to do it. Um, But it wouldn't surprise me if they say, you know what, this was really well received. Um, Maybe the graphics on the court or something. I don't know. Um, But maybe we should utilize this in the regular season for next year when we ha- well, hopefully knock on desk again, when we can have fans in attendance and maybe there are some things that they can keep. Uh, do you anticipate any of these things or do you think this is strictly a bubble uh, sort of experience? Okay. So answer, answer this question for me. Do you sure. think that there will be courtside fans next season? If they start in December, no. Okay. So a lot of that, um, a lot of that camera angles that we've been seeing kind of take up that courtside space, right? Yeah. Like they, they kind of roam in and around, you know, Luca almost got destroyed by one of those cameras whizzing by, right? Like they, they kind of occupy that courtside um, area, mm-hmm. depending on if you need to like, almost like quote unquote, like dig a well to like make this happen. Like, I don't, I don't know the actual mechanics behind it. I just know that, the spacing of it would be courtside. Um, if there's no courtside fans, which I don't believe that there will be for the entire season, to be completely honest with you, oh, wow. I just don't think I just don't think that it's going to happen. Um, why not utilize that space? If you're going to tell, if you're going to tell teams and organizations you can't sell courtside seats, which is their biggest ticket, you then got to have something for them. You got to say, we'll be supplying you with this. This technology is going to make your games look a lot better. So then at least the owners are kind of saying, ah, OK, I guess like we, we can't sell courtside seats. But if they're going to use it and not have empty seats and empty space, then it makes it a little bit easier to swallow. Yeah, I just think that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to have courtside fans at all next year. I just don't think it's a risk they want to take. Um Starting the following season, I, I I do think things will be back to normal in terms of that would be the um, 2021-22 season. That's mm. when I think that everything's going to go back to normal, like full capacity, course high seating. I think they're going to start the year max 50% capacity, no, court, no course high seats. Okay. 
Well, then you can maybe you can have your cake and eat it too. At that point, have the crowd yeah. noise and the fan interaction while still utilizing these yes. these camera angles. I think that's I good. Think I, I think they'll have the crowd noise at this like lower level just to have some sort of consistency of like having a crowd noise that wouldn't normally be a hundred percent. Or is a fifty percent crowd noise is going to be fifty percent lower? Like right. it's just if everyone's talking at that at that level, if you just take basic math, it's gonna be fifty percent lower. So they'll probably pump it in a little bit just to sort of have it as like a little background noise because no one's gonna notice if everyone's talking, they're not gonna notice a little bit of crowd noise pumped in, right? And everybody in the arena would have to be silent for them to notice that there's like nothing going on. So, right. um, yeah, I, I, th I think that you're I, like you kind of just alluded to it. I think they'll have a little bit of that crowd noise and I think that they'll be able to utilize some of those camera angles. I think it could make next season interesting if things go well here. Who knows? I'm I'm excited to see it, though. I think that the NBA has got a few more tricks up their sleeve that we haven't seen and it should be cool to see. There's any league that can, you know, utilize this to its best I'd say it's the NBA for sure. Yeah, oh. they and especially like in the in the NHL. Think about it. You can't knock mm. down a board, you right? You'd it. have to put you'd have to put the camera inside the boards and then make a clear slit out of there. Or like have clear boards and that would be distracting the players and stuff too. It's harder to do it in the NHL. Um, MLB, you can't have a camera roaming no. down the first baseline. Like you'd have to zoom in. You have to have a guy there. Like it's the only way you could do it. And the NFL is actually probably the only other league that's got really cool camera angles, like mm. where they where they have the the overhead um, camera that they have with the wires that kind of yeah. zooms in. You got the um, the pylon cameras at the um, at the end zone uh, that they that they have there for um, the or the orange pylons that they have there. So or whatever they're called. Um, but uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of cool camera angles in the NFL. I think that they sort of have the cake on camera angles, to be completely honest with you. Um, the NBA can rival that if they execute this properly. I think that they can be right up there with the NFL. All right, let's uh, let's get to the meat and potatoes of this conversation. Let's talk Raptors, right? So the 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 the, the drumstick or the flat? <laughs> oh, all Raptors are drumsticks. Come on now, man. Uh, yeah, there we go. It, it took you long enough, though. Cheers, buddy. Well, I was there having another one before. So oh, okay. This is number two. Um, okay. So this weekend we finally get real Toronto Raptors basketball that actually matters. Let's put it that way. Maybe um, as they quote unquote host the Lakers. Um, when it comes to these eight games, actually, no, let's, let's not go there quite yet. What have you noticed from the team within the past three scrimmage games? Have you seen uh, a lack of chemistry? Have you seen any rust that they need to sort of shake off? Or are you fully confident walking into the, the remainder of this season, this eight seeding games into the playoffs? How are you feeling about the squad? I've just seen that they're going to be back-to-back -back champions. <laughs> I know I caught you mid-golf. I see that. I see that. I caught you mid-golf. All I've noticed is that these these boys are going to be back-to-back. -back. Okay. Like, I'm, I think, and I think that there are some other analysts now. I know that we've always been disrespected as a team. The U.S. media is going to have their U.S. bias. I think legitimately there are some people in the U.S. media that are starting to take the Raptors seriously. I think they're starting to see, and I think that this break actually helped. Raptors are coming back. They're fully healthy. I think there, there are some smart basketball people that are sitting there and looking at that and being like, if Milwaukee's not taking it, it's Toronto's to lose. Yes. Right? Um, and, and I think that that's fair. I, I still think that Milwaukee should be favored in the East. Just because I'm saying I think Toronto's going to go back-to-back -back does, does not mean that I think that Toronto is the 
should be favored as the best team in the East. Sure. I think that that is still Milwaukee at this point. But Toronto is the second best team in the East from what I've seen. Fully healthy. This team was doing damage not fully healthy. This team was making other teams work. And that one assistant, I don't know who on what team because they didn't reveal, but there's one NBA assistant coach that says something like, you don't know how to, like the Raptors are the toughest team because they have 20 or so yeah. motherfucking defenses. Yeah. It's, you can't plan for it. And like direct quote like that, like what a beauty guy, guy is exactly on point. Um, the Raptors are janky. Like Jason Tatum publicly said to Jackie, uh, Jackie McMullen, the rat, it wasn't just one player. She asked, who's the toughest player that you have to go up against? He goes, it's not a player. It's a team. It's the Raptors. Mm-hmm. They're the toughest opponent that I have to go up against defensively yet. It's just, it's hard. And that's a tough matchup for Jason Tatum. Uh, he hasn't done incredibly well against the Raptors in his career. He's had good numbers, but he hasn't done incredibly well. He hasn't had that one game where he's popped off like 40 plus. Mm-hmm. So um, you sit there and you start to see that. And, and, and a, a little bit of respect is kind of coming around. It's the defending champions are going to come in there with some swagger. Um, I think that those guys, those boys have confidence at, a, at 110. Those boys are walking in there, big dick swinging. Like I think that they are ready to be like boys. Like we're we're defending champs <laughs> here. Like we we know what's up. All right, we still have the crown for now. So pump the brakes a little bit. And and that, that swagger is important. That confidence is important, especially in a shortened season. Um, we have some young guys, but a very it's it's got some good vets in it too, and some good leadership. And I think that they're really going to do well in terms of bringing this team together in a quick time frame and getting them started out of the gate. So you mentioned players like Jason Tatum. Um, how much of this recognition, this slow burn recognition that you mentioned that the Toronto Raptors are getting, how much of what do you lean more towards? Is that more of a, an acknowledgement of success and legitimacy to the Toronto Raptors? Or is that more of an indictment to the Boston Celtics? That's a good question. That's a very good question because um, I don't know. I still think that there are a lot of teams, that, a lot of analysts and a lot of people out there in the sport world that think that Boston's the second best team in the East. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of people that think that. Um, there are a lot of people that would take the duo of Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum over Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry. There are a lot of people that would do that. Um, me personally, never. Mm. But there are a lot of people out there, like if you look at um, and I, I hate listening to this guy, but Colin Coward released his top 10 duos in the bubble. I saw yep. that, yeah. Number three, did you see who number three was? Was it uh, Tatum and... Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker. Yeah. Ahead of... Um, they didn't even have... they didn't ha- He didn't even have Harden and Russell Westbrook in the top 10. What? He left them off the top 10. He put Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell as number 10. So he had Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell ahead of... James Harden and Russell Westbrook. James Harden and Russell Westbrook, as much as like I don't really like the Rockets personally, but James Harden and Russell Westbrook are one of the top duos in the NBA. Yeah. Bubble or not, it does not matter. Like they they would if you have your two LA duos, which he still has one and two, they could be three or four hmm. very easily. Um he had Jokic and Murray as number four. So like I don't I don't get it. And like nowhere to be found was um uh pascal siakam and kyle Lowry. nowhere on that list so yeah. um there are a lot of people that would take tatum and walker over kyle Lowry and pascal siakam but i call them casuals 
<laughs> I, I, I say that I don't, I don't think that you have understood how the Raptors play. And I think that's a lot of it to be the exposure of, of Raptors games in the American media, right? They don't really watch Toronto Raptors games. They watch Boston Celtics games because yeah. that's more prime time. They'll watch more, even they'll probably watch more Denver Nuggets games than they would Toronto Raptors games. So I don't know. It's, it's really, it's really interesting. I don't know. Um, but I think that just, I, I think it's more, um, the praise going towards the Raptors, I think is more due because of them, mm. not slander to the Boston Celtics. Um, but I have seen some, some uh, analysts that have said like, look, Boston's not that team. Like Toronto's that team. Boston's not that team. So let me play devil's advocate. Um, yeah. I, I don't know the thinking that when I was involved, when it came to making that list, Right, but <laughs> neither do I. It wasn't very good. When I'm thinking about <laughs> duos, I don't know that I would classify. I'm not saying you're wrong about Pascal and Kyle Lowry. Right. But to me, it's really difficult to pinpoint a duo for the Toronto Raptors. I right? agree with that too. They're a yeah. solid team. They're they're mm-hmm. the definition of an all-encompassing team. Whereas if you remove LeBron and AD, Lakers are right. fucked. Right? right. If you remove Kawhi and PG, Clippers are fucked. If you if yeah. you remove Kemba and Tatum, Celtics are screwed. Right. Yeah. If you remove, we've seen it. If you remove Kyle Lowry and Pascal, I still have faith in this team. <laughs> I, for some reason, I still yeah. think they're able to fill yeah. in the gaps and and yeah. perform well. Um, yeah. If that was the thinking involved, maybe that's sort of uh, boasting the Toronto Raptors even more. Right. They're they're sort of acknowledging that there isn't necessarily just a specific two tandem on that team that makes them um they all contribute at a significant yet equal level um yeah. th- there was a, a decent chunk of time that Marcus All was gone and the Raptors were still winning games uh 15 right. in a row um right. Serge Ibaka missed some time Raptors are still missing games Kyle Lowry right. and Serge Ibaka didn't play against the Lakers in LA Raptors still yeah. won that game uh yeah. Pascal Siakam missed a decent amount of time. Raptors yeah. still winning games. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. the, it, it maybe, I mean, I, I like to look things at the bright side. <laughs> so maybe I'll say this is this is where I'm going to lean towards is that the sure. Raptors are more of a, a complete team rather than dependent on one or two guys. I think I think I think it's really fair though. I think that that's actually like a very valid point because uh, and we've all we've talked about this in previous podcasts where. Um, We've said like if you like exactly if you remove LeBron and AD from the Lakers, they are they are not a playoff team. If you remove uh, Kawhi and Paul George from the Clippers, maybe they're an eighth seed, maybe they're not. Right? Mm. If you remove Giannis and Chris Middleton, who he had as number five by the way on his list, I'm just remembering that now. If you remove Giannis and Chris Middleton, um, are they a playoff team? No, not a shot. So, um. Yeah, it's it's a very good point. And like, you're right. Like, you could even look at Lowry and Ibaka and say they might be the best duo just because of the pick and roll tandem, right? Like, they have that ability. Right. Obviously, Pascal has been better than the than either of them in the offensive output. Uh, great defensive player as well. But uh, you can look at them and be like, that that could be the best duo that works the best together, right? So, um, 
it's it's you can pair a lot of duels on this team. You can say Freddie and Pascal. You could say like uh, you could say like Marcus Gasol and and someone right. Like it's there's a lot of interesting duels on this team. So it is a very valid point. I'm not going to disagree with you. Uh, I just think I like I think talent wise, I just always think that Lowry gets underappreciated and undervalued. I think that's kind of why that happens. I I, th- I think Pascal's kind of where he should be hmm. right now. I think that he gets the recognition that he deserves. Um, and I don't think he's overvalued. And I don't think he's undervalued. I think he's right where he should be, to be honest, uh, for this year at least. Uh, Lowry has always just been like, like, oh, it's Lowry. Right. It's like, oh, man, like, like Lowry could be. And Bleacher Report did a rankings of the top point guards this year. And I think that Lowry was ahead of uh, Westbrook. Like he was like number six or five or that something. Makes sense, like they, yeah. they, they put, they actually gave him good recognition. I'd say Lowry's a top five point guard in the NBA today. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, I think that's very fair. Reflecting on the preseason, reflecting on well, preseason, the the scrimmages, reflecting on yeah. the upcoming eight games. It's hard to not focus on seeding, right? And the Raptors have it tough. Their their schedule is pretty difficult. But um like we said, maybe the Celtics aren't all they're cracked up to be, you know. Um right. so how important is the two seed, do you think, to the Toronto Raptors? Because obviously this is something that fans latch onto, myself included, I'm sure you do too, and mm-hmm. saying like it, it just just the aspect of being a top seed is important. Not necessarily the one seed. We weren't the one seed last season. We won the championship. So, right. you know, it, it, I'm not holding too much importance as whether we're the one and two, but certainly maybe being the three seed might matter, but I, I'm not quite sure it does I, I just don't have a lot of pessimism that the raptors aren't going to hold on to this um even though the schedule is pretty difficult it's, it looks daunting at least but how many times have we predicted games heading into the season saying oh the schedule looks daunting without x y and z players and they've pulled it off so where are you at do you think the raptors are gunning for it or do you think it doesn't matter where they finish they're they're just gonna truck through it in the playoffs so the Raptors are three games ahead of the Celtics. Right. Um, they own the tiebreaker against the Celtics. Not yet. That would mean. Not yet. They, oh, right. Because right, they still have they still have that game. That's they right. Okay, they right. lost two to them. You're right. So if they if they get the win against the Celtics, that basically I think would wrap it up. Mm-hmm. The the Raptors would have to go like. If the Celtics were to go eight and zero. Oh, the Raptors would have and let's say hypothetically the La- the Raptors lose to the Celtics. The Raptors would have to like be five and three or worse. Right. And that would be have to be the Celtics going perfect eight no. Mm-hmm. If the Raptors are five and three or six and two, which I think that they actually very well could be in this uh in, in the remaining games, they don't have to worry about anything. Um saying that though, let's just say hypothetically, they drop to the three seed. They yep. don't they don't get out of the gate hot. The Celtics come blazing. They put up like a no seven to one. If they if the Celtics go six and two, it's done for them. They don't right. have a shot. Um, they would have to go seven and one or eight and zero. I don't see them doing it, but whatever. 
And in this situation, it happens. Raptors drop to a three seed. Right now, it's currently a tie, but the, the Pacers being the fifth seed to the Sixers, and the Sixers are the sixth seed. With the uh, omission of Victor Oladipo and, and, the, and the injuries that the Pacers are facing, I don't see them holding the fifth seed. I see them dropping to the sixth, and I don't see them being um, as scary of a team as I thought that they could be fully healthy. Hmm. Um, and, and I think that you would agree with that too. I think a fully healthy Pacers team is one to actually be concerned about. Yes. And I would and I would be more worried about them than I would of the 76ers, to be completely honest with you. Right. Um, but they're not fully healthy. They're, they're without Victor Oladipo. They have another major injury that I can't remember right now. Um, and I know that... Um, Oh my god! I keep forgetting his name. Uh, that got hurt. Uh, Jeremy Lamb. Yes. Jer- Jeremy Lamb's also out. I keep thinking, keep thinking Jeremy Lamb's name for some reason is T.J. Leaf, and I'm like, it's not <laughs> T.J. Leaf. <laughs> the same team, but like, I keep, uh, it's definitely not T.J. Leaf. He looks like so, a T.J. Leaf. He can, yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Um, so, uh, if you if you would either play, um, you know, it could be the Magic, the Nets, or the Pacers, depending on where you finish a two to three you're going to probably get one of those three teams i think are it's, you it's worried? definitely the pacers i don't think the magic could catch the six no no i so if if they end up in the three seed it That's would be the saying. pacers yeah. yeah if they end up in the three seed it would be the pacers if yeah. they stick to the two seed it's the nets or the magic yeah um, for sure either one of those matchups doesn't really matter um and then you still get the the three the two three right like you mm-hmm. still get the winner of that will what would be three and six right if you're if you're the two seed you get the winner of the three six if you're the three seed you get the winner of the two seven right that's that's the way it is so it's not going to matter really that much i think we put too much of an onus on this it's not gonna i don't think it's really going to matter that much if you think about it because there's no home court mm-hmm. and i think home court would be a massive play in this and if there was home court i would say well if you're in that two versus three scenario you want to be the home court team. Like, yeah, it's worth it to get that extra game in Scotiabank Arena. It's worth it to have your fans behind you for a game. That doesn't exist, man. Like, home court, like, at, I think that there could be multiple five to eight seeds in the West that move on to the, to the second round. I think okay. the West has a lot of parity, and without home court, I could see a lot of five to eight seeds challenging, and I could see one or two of them moving on. So, um, there's a lot of parity now and, and, and that, and that gap kind of shrinks because you, that, the thing that you played for all season home court doesn't exist. Right. So, um, it's, it's even Steven all the way through. Yeah. For the East, the top four, it doesn't matter the order of the top yes. four. So it, I, I can't see the heat losing. In fact, I could see the heat sort of challenging for the three seed too. That's not sure. off the table. No. Um, that's if, uh, that's, that's if, uh, Jimmy and Bam come back proper. Yeah. Um, I think that they could, and 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 I think I think I Jimmy's work ethic is really good. I can yeah. see him doing that. Yeah, yeah. Especially uh, during the the quarantine period, he was sending his teammates hoops and stuff to yeah. to work out. So he's I I've always liked him. He's my favorite non Raptor, and I know his off the court you know antics are kind of questionable, but. As a player, as a clutch player, I've always liked Jimmy Butler. But I um, can't stand that. Dude. I know. I, know. <laughs> I digress, though. But um, I, I, I don't necessarily think the Raptors. Obviously, they care about winning games, and I think that's what they're prioritizing. Just win the sure. game. It's yeah. not necessarily win the two seed because then it's. I don't know. It, it, you're, you're as cliche as this is. You're you can't separate the the forest from the trees at that point. Just win the games and. 
given the fact that their first bout is against the Lakers, um, this is going to be a, a pretty good test as to how well prepared they are. Um, I'm not saying that this is going to give any sort of indications for the playoffs and how they're going to perform. It, it won't. It really won't. And I don't want people to walk away from game one of this saying, oh, God, the Raptors are doomed for the playoffs. No, they, they're not. Or 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 they're going to be the uh, NBA champs. Right. Like, yeah. 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 It's going to go one way or the other. We already know it's going to happen. Gonna... You have to understand that these are still regular season games. Right. Yeah. And. Although they're seeding games to these players right now, they know what's at stake. These are regular season games. And we can't mm-hmm. forget that last year, you know, as for all the things Kawhi has taught this team, and a, a lot of that DNA is still present in how they play today. And maybe that has more to do with Nick Nurse than we actually thought last year. But even mm-hmm. still, the whole practice game narrative is still relevant and still true today. Oh, sure. And I don't think that they're... Again, I, I think they're going to try their best, but I don't think they're they're prioritizing the two seed nearly as much as fans are. No, I, and I, and like you said, I don't think they should be. It should just be one game at a time at this point. Uh, win your game. If you don't, okay, let's go back to the film. Uh, see what we did right. See what we did wrong. Let's break it down. Let's go to the next game. Right? Like you have, you have eight practice games. They would, of course, they would love to go eight and zero. Oh. I don't think that they want to lose a game in the bubble. I don't think any team wants to lose a game in the bubble. They're not going to purposely lose games. Um, but they'll experiment. They'll try some things. Uh, they'll get back in a routine. Like players are still players are going to be rusty, man. Hmm. Like player they they have to shake off the rust. And I know they've had you can say, "Well, they've had three scrimmage games." And no, that's not the way. That's, that's uh, yeah, good for you. You got three scrimmage games. How many times do players come out of an exhibition? Um, series in going into october and they're still rusty right a lot of players oh, the, yeah. the shots just not there the depth perception is not really there it's a new arena they got three games to practice on the hoops and, and a few practice sessions and then they got to start playing games yeah um the rust is going to be there the passing is not going to be as crisp like they just got to get back in the flow again uh come playoff time the boys should be ready i'm not i won't put too much stock either way into how the raptors are going to win or let's see, I, I just know they're going to win. <laughs> How the Raptors are going to play, yeah. uh, win or lose, uh, I, I think that uh, we kind of have to stay level-headed, even though I said the Raptors are going to be back-to-back champs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, they but, just uh, lost to the yeah. Suns. No, whatever. These these aren't games that, I, I know that's just practice games, scrimmages, but, you know. When Stanley Johnson's getting minutes, I don't yeah. give a shit. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit about the outcome when Stanley Johnson's getting minutes. Either way, if you're winning the game or losing the game with Stanley Johnson's in, it does not matter to me. No. If you're winning a game with Stanley Johnson in, it's not what you're going to be facing come playoff time. Like, right. Stanley Johnson should not be on the floor or even or even sniff the hardwood or touch the basketball come playoff time. If yeah. that happens, then the Raptors are royally fucked. That should yeah. never happen. Fuck. I agree. I agree. Oh he, my he god, he won't get. I don't no, want to talk no. about he who shall not be named, who will definitely <laughs> not get playoff minutes. But no, for real. Yeah, no, for real. Bob McCaw. I hope. Uh, I hope he recovers. I don't want him to get hurt. I don't want anybody uh, getting hurt. You, no, no, you no, you never want to. Like, right. if if we're if we were being incredibly like misogynistic and 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 yeah. really selfish about this stuff, we'd be like, ha Now Terrence Davis has nothing stopping him. But right. like, we you you want that to be earned. Yes. You want that to to not, not be that like that. Not. We've seen, of course not. Right. Of course not, because it has been earned in right. our eyes. Right. Uh, 
you want Nick Nurse to to make that decision on his own because we've seen we've seen Davis get minutes because McCaw's not been around and then McCaw comes back and he gets like forty minutes and you're mm-hmm. like, ah, I yep. come. Uh, it's I... just it's not no, it's not great. So um, yeah, I mean, I hope. I hope TD2 gets minutes. It'd be nice to see him play. So no more, no more, no more McCaw, please. Let's uh, let's do some familiar stuff here. Let's predict the games, right? Let's predict half of them. Um, okay. So again, we are recording this Thursday evening. Uh, the first game is Saturday, August first. Raptors host the Lakers. Now, before we predict this game, Connor and I are going to do our damnedest to try to make this game as interactive as possible. Um, we have been interacting with, uh, a website host, was it hot mic, um, hotmic.io. and this is going to be much better. Hopefully knock on desk, much better than the Twitch experience that never was this past, uh, yeah, we know, tried, we, we tried our hardest, man. Yeah, <laughs> we tried, we tried, they shut us down. Um, but they take care of the streaming as far as I know. They take care of all the bells and whistles. So hopefully we'll be able to interact with you guys during the game if you want to participate. Um, we're still trying to get the kinks knocked out. But once we do, uh, we will pass that information on Twitter. I don't know if you want to say anything more about that, Connor. Um, I think I think that the first game, like, we might, you know what, I like, I might do, like, a... Like me, you and I can maybe just sort of do a dummy live podcast on a random game, sure, and just try it and see like if the stream works or whatever. And I know it's kind of just me and you chatting right now, and we're recording a podcast, but like, um, it's it, the first game for us. And now I'm talking back to the audience. The first game for us is more gonna be, um, a test run of sorts, um, almost like with the Raptors and and then with the NBA with their camera angles. It's gonna be a test run. Um, this is something that Adam and I have talked about for a long time. It's something that we've wanted to incorporate both ourselves, um, on, on our, on our social media feeds and, and with our brands, uh, South of the Six and TSV. Um, I, I'm excited. Like I'm, I'm legitimately excited about this. I think that if we can get the kinks out and execute it properly, it's going to be something that not a lot of people have really started yet. And I think can be a great way for people to interact live with us, ask questions about events in the game, ask us our opinions about why stuff happened in a quarter or why players are getting more minutes than others or why mm. this player took this shot or why Nick Nurse did this or why he didn't do something. It's a lot more of an interactive experience and allows you to sort of be there for, for us and we can be there for you type of thing. Um, I think it'll be great, and and I think that if we can execute this properly, we'll be no one else is doing a Raptors broadcast, I think, yet on this platform. From what I've been able to gather, um, it can almost be a little pioneer project for us, and just sort of go from there. And I think that a lot of people will like it. Um, 
if the stream doesn't work for whatever reason, like if you can't get the video, maybe just put the game on in the background and then listen to us. You if go. you can still listen to us and you can't get the feed for whatever reason, like if it's blacked out, right? Like if, if for whatever reason, let's just say the feed's blacked out on your on your screen, which we'll find out on August 1st, <laughs> um, then I suggest throwing it on uh, TSN or Sportsnet, whoever's got the game. I can't remember at this point. Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the two, obviously. And just flip a coin, you'll figure it out. Uh, throw it on and then uh, see what happens. That's that's sort of our big major announcement uh, that we, Adam and I, are going to try out this hot. It's got hotmic.io. Um, I believe you can just make I don't know if you have to make an account to watch. Maybe you can just watch as a guest and and uh, just sort of see it that way. I'm, I'm not 100% sure how it works from the viewer side. Um we'll be able to know more. I'll, uh, maybe I'll just do some research and then throw it out on Twitter. So make sure you're following Adam and I on Twitter. This is our little quick plug. Uh, Adam at South of the Six, obviously, and um, me at TO underscore sports views. You'll find on either or we'll do some more research and, and figure it out. But it's something that we want to bring to you guys and something that we think is going to be fantastic. So a um, little joint venture here, if you want to call it that. I, uh, we, we, we decided to go on in on this together and um, we think it's going to be great for the user base and the Twitter fans to sort of come into us and uh, and enjoy it with us. I think it'd be fantastic. Basically, uh, I will be exposed live as to how much of an idiot I am. In case you didn't <laughs> think I'm an idiot already throughout this past hour of listening to this. Yeah, only only because I beat you in Raptors trivia. Right? There you go. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, that's it. That's the only. Yeah, yeah you're an idiot. I uh, am an idiot. idiot. We know this. <laughs> we know this. All right, let's talk uh, Lakers, Raptors. Who do you got? Uh, Raps. Okay, I'm going bold. I'm going Raps. Yeah. Uh, started off with the dub. Started off with yeah. some positive vibes. Why and not? Let's do it. Monday, big old slap in the face, 130 game. Raptors heat. They can't beat the heat so far this season. Uh, I'm uh, Being the pessimist, I guess, I'm saying they're going to cough that one up. It's a weird uh, time. 130? 130 sucks. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like Raptors, have they played? And like the games that they start even at like six thirty, they're doo doo. Yeah, it's weird. I don't. I'll go. I'll go Heat because I just don't know. And based on the track record of this year, I agree. They just can't seem to figure out a way to beat that team. Mm-hmm. And then watch the Heat are gonna win. And even with the Raptors, if the Raptors beat the Lakers and lose to the Heat, there's gonna be all the fucking hot takes of like. Well, the Heat are the second best team in the league so yeah. in the East because like yeah. they beat the Raptors. Like, Shut up! I don't want to hear it. Of course, Fuck. I hear whatever. it. I, 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 whatever. Okay, Raptors Magic. I guess home court it is for the Magic because they're in Orlando. <laughs> Still going oh, Raptors oh, oh. on this, yeah. Yeah, Magic don't have any Magic in the bag for that no. one. Give it to the Raps. See you later. Then Friday, the main event, Celtics-Raptors. It's a 9 p.m. start time on a Friday night. I don't know what the NBA was thinking. Um, and they don't put a West team at a 9 p.m. slot. Yeah, it's weird. But look, it's, we're the quote-unquote home team for this. This is a must win. Okay, This is a must win. For both teams. For both teams. That's why I think more, I... more, More for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. I th- it is a must win for both teams, but more for the Celtics. I'm calling raps. I will too. Yeah. I think, I think I think that Tatum <laughs> I I think Tatum gets shut down. I think that the Raptors assert dominance and I think that um 
they make an, a couple other people who are sort of on the fence kind of take a look. That's going to be a big statement game for for media coverage. Uh, Raptors Celtics in a in a late scrimmage game or in a late uh, season game going into the playoffs. If they can execute a good performance, people are going to sort of sit there and say, okay, well then, yeah, the the Raptors if they hold Tatum, yeah, and and you know. Uh, you you have good defensive guards against Kemba Walker. If you hold Tatum, our team is great defensively. So if you can hold those guys down, um, I don't think that the Celtics can really keep up. I think that we have too good of a defense, and I think that our offensive output is is better. So um, I'll, yeah, I'll take the refs, and I think it's going to be really. I think that 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 is going to be the turning point. I think where media is going to start to sort of say. Okay, well, yeah, we can see. I can see Toronto making some noise. That's when you're going to hear Max Kellerman on first take go, "I always believed in the Raptors," and then like, whatever, bro. Like, when I get on the, yeah. So Raptors. All right, all right. So we got them going. What is this? Three, three and one. Three and one in this first four games. So not too bad. There's going to be a lot to pay attention to. And guys, uh, closing this out. Enjoy it. Really enjoy it. Again, we talked about, we downplayed sort of the the importance of these eight games. I understand that, but still, it's back. Real NBA basketball is back, and real Toronto Raptors basketball is back. And I think that is uh, well-deserved yes. <laughs> from everything that's been going on since yes. since March. This has been well-deserved. So, yes. Um, Look, the, the the podcast is going to be wrapping, uh, wrapping. It's going to be ramping back up on a weekly <laughs> basis. Um, get it wrapping. Get it, the yeah. Raptors. Yeah. <laughs> get it. Yeah. Bringing back the two sweet moment of the week that will be coming to you next week. Um, I miss that segment. It's man. coming back, it's, dude. It's coming I, back. The 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 music and That's the. What I'm and, oh man, I need that. You can't you can't do it for preseason or scrimmage games. Of course not. No. Yeah. No. 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 I can't wouldn't. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even really know where to where to go. To no. Honest, no. So. But uh, it will be coming back. Your your weekly coverage will be coming back, and I appreciate you guys being patient. I didn't want to bombard you guys with redundant news. Uh, you know, oh, what's going on with COVID every week? So um, <laughs> I appreciate you guys being patient, and uh, I'm I'm here for you guys, and I appreciate the listens and the support. So having said that, Connor, this is your time to shine, bro. You can promote any and everything you got going on. I know you just recently did a podcast episode, not necessarily Raptors related. But still, yes. it's in the Toronto sports sphere. So uh, mm-hmm. go ahead, man. Floor is yours. Merci beaucoup. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at to underscore sports views. Um, like Adam alluded to, uh, you can check out the podcast, uh, the TSV podcast, wherever any major podcast can be found. Uh, I did a podcast with uh, Jordan Chikelli. Uh We talked about uh, if you if you don't know Jordan, give her a follow. She's been trending massively upward on Twitter. <laughs> um, so. Uh, we talked about hockey and we talked about baseball. Uh, so Leafs and Blue Jays in particular, if you're going to talk about Toronto sports teams, um, if you're a fan of either of those, go, go take a listen. The hockey was sort of the first half and the baseball was sort of the second half. I can't remember exactly what the time frames are on, on the podcast for each segment, but, um, go take a listen to that. If you're interested in either or the, the podcast was recorded before the Jays started their season. So about a week or so ago. So uh, you can sort of hear our uh, thoughts and predictions about the uh, the Leafs and the Jays going into their respective seasons. Uh, and yeah, uh, also too, again, make sure that you're tuning in on social medias. Uh, once again, about the hotmic.io uh, live streaming service that Adam and I are going to be doing. 
I can't stress enough how excited we are about this, and I think it's going to be really good. Again, it's going to be a nice trial run for us, and I think that we're going to try to use these exhibition games to sort of, or, or these regular season games to sort of figure out if things work and if they don't work, and then I won't know if we'll have access to like playoff games either. I'm not quite sure. Uh, if we do, great. If not, then it is what it is. Uh, maybe we do a few, maybe we don't. Again, it all depends on our scheduling and stuff like that, but uh, we just wanted to bring another element of interaction to you guys because you guys are quite active with us on Twitter and we see a lot of uh, tweets and, and and replies and retweets and likes and uh, people that are listening and we couldn't be more thankful enough. So uh, this is our sort of way of trying to uh, pay it forward to you guys and, and, and get more live interaction with you. And we did see the the people on Twitch. We did see a lot of you on Twitch trying to trying to interact with us and being like, Man, you, I can't see, I can't hear, the audio so delayed, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, no, but um, that was just Twitch cock-blocking us from you guys. So um, Basically. It, it'll be, this This is this is verified, it'll be better, and um, we're going to work through the kinks if there are some, so please be patient with us while we go through it. Uh, otherwise, that, that about wraps it up. I wanted to extend that a little bit because I felt like this is like the quickest podcast that we've had, and I miss talking to you. I'm, I'm, I'm it's over an talk. hour. Yeah, well, it man. is. It is. It is over an hour. But yeah. Um. So that's that's all the I got personally going on. So. All right. Well, all the links to everything Connor mentioned will be in the description of the show. Uh, we will be posting the hot mic link on Twitter once we get that established. Um. If there are kinks, again, we're new to this. We apologize in advance. Uh, the the best bet is to maybe turn the game sound down. Uh, I don't know. I'm hard pressed to say turn Matt Devlin down, but if you want to listen to us, <laughs> yeah. If you want to listen to us, if talk. it's Matt, if it's Matt and Leo, it's easy. I get it. It's yeah. easy. If it's Matt and Jack, ah, yeah. Fuck. You can rewatch like the Matt. game with us. How about yeah, that? you just just kind of maybe like in the background, and then and then like. If you have a question, then you can like turn them down and like put us up. And then when we answer your question, you can mute us. I really don't care. Yeah, we'll figure I won't be offended if it's for Matt and Jack, though. I got you. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, uh, until next week, dude, thanks for hopping on and uh, we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Go Raps, baby. Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Raptors.